What's going on, family? Happy Wednesday. Welcome to another edition of The Faction. I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you've had a great week so far. And I hope that you checked out our double episode that we dropped on Monday as we spent some time recapping Vengeance Day and a number of other news items that happened last week. If you missed it, no worries. It's available wherever you check out our podcast. That includes, of course, Spotify, Apple, Google, all the places you can definitely check it out there. Shout out to all of you who follow us on the socials, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at The Faction Show. It is wildly appreciated for sure. All right, family, we're going to hop into some news because there's quite a bit to talk about. I want to start here. I want to start at the fact that sometimes you have to realize when momentum is happening and when things are hot. I think we could say certainly 2019, the launch of AEW certainly had some really hot moments, lots of sellouts, all of those kinds of cool things. We can go back even to 2016, 2017, the rise of New Japan Pro Wrestling in the United States in terms of awareness and the like. Yeah, when you're hot, you're hot. And right now, let me tell you who's hot. The WWE. It seems as though everything they touch turns to gold. I mean, they're in an amazing space right now. Think about it. We're seeing more sellout crowds than we've ever seen, larger gates. People are loving the in-ring product. And that is somehow in the middle of that crazy news about a potential sale. And yet people are still loving this product. Says an awful lot about the great things going on with the WWE. And now we are on the road to WrestleMania. And so there was certainly a time in WWE where the road to WrestleMania meant a whole lot. The last few years have felt a little questionable sometimes, but right now it feels like this is going to be one of the best roads to WrestleMania. And leading us there is an incredible encounter that took place this past Monday night on Raw involving Cody Rhodes and Paul Heyman. Now, before I get into it, this is coming, of course, on the backdrop of Sami Zayn challenging for the WWE Undisputed Universal Championship at Elimination Chamber. And so there's been a lot of talk in the internet wrestling community. Hey, which do we want at Mania? Do we want Sami versus Roman? Do we want... Cody versus Roman. Do we want Cody versus Sammy? I found it very interesting that the promo that happened Monday night on Raw saw Cody Rhodes actually lean in to this tension and actually talk about the elephant in the room. Could Sammy Zayn become the undisputed WWE Universal Champion? If he does, there's certainly a story there that can be written. However, in comma, this was the first opportunity we really, really had to start seeing interaction between the Roman Reigns camp and Cody Rhodes and having Cody and Paul Heyman. You know, it's the promo that we probably always wanted and never knew that we needed. And these two ripped the Band-Aid off with one of the most incredible promos I've seen in recent memory. I have to tell you, it's been a very long time since I watched a promo and felt emotional, like almost tears welled up. It was crazy the ride that they took us on. Everybody's talking about it. If you missed it, you can hop on YouTube, hop onto the socials and check out what happened. But listen to me. 
if nothing else happened from Monday Night Raw, there is real-time interest in seeing what could happen if Cody battles Roman at Mania, notwithstanding whatever could happen with Sami Zayn. Needless to say, this is a crazy, crazy time. And speaking of crazy times, can we talk about the end of Monday Night Raw? We finally got the cage match that we were waiting for at Raw 30 between Becky Lynch and Bailey. It was an amazing cage match from start to finish. And we were all shocked at the appearance of Lita, who came out to help Becky Lynch. And I'm telling you, I really felt like I was back in the Attitude Era in terms of how Monday Night Raw ended, the excitement, the feeling of just like, oh my God, anything can really happen around here. WWE is just in a special, special place. And I think we need to enjoy every bit of it because it is exactly what we need and what we've been wanting for a while. Now, something that's kind of bubbling under the surface at WWE, specifically on Monday Night Raw, that nobody's really spending a lot of time talking about, but I feel like the seeds have officially been planted for a breakup of the Street Profits. So if you'll notice, both members of the Street Profits, Angelo Dawkins and Montez Ford, were in qualifying matches for the Elimination Chamber for the last two spots. Angelo Dawkins would lose his match, a very competitive match, by the way, to Damian Priest. Meanwhile, Montez Ford got the win over Elias. So I think I can say this here. I think it's safe to say that Montez Ford had the easier match, the easier opponent. Elias has been on a losing streak, and I don't think anybody expected Elias to get the win. Dawkins had a much more challenging road with Damian Priest, a former United States champion and someone who could easily spend time and win inside the Elimination Chamber. So where the seeds are being planted, there was a digital exclusive dropped on WWE socials. And on this, you see the Street Profits together as the interviewer is looking to find some information from Montez Ford to find out how he's feeling now that he's qualified for the the elimination chamber and Montez Ford basically is singing his entire response to his tag team partner who's giving him the great side eye so this side eye from Angelo Dawkins is game changing and it makes me wonder are we on our way to officially seeing the split of the street profits I think a lot will be told to us at elimination chamber could Montez Ford actually walk away as the new U.S. champion? Quite frankly, there's a case to be made for anybody inside that elimination chamber winning the U.S. title. Could Seth Rollins actually go into WrestleMania as the U.S. champion? Could Bronson Reed win his first title on the main roster and become the U.S. champion? There are lots of potential stories and opportunities here or Will the championship be retained by our champion, Austin Theory? There's a lot of rumor and thought process that Theory could end up facing John Cena at WrestleMania. Would that be for the U.S. title? I don't think it's a smart move to have any part-timers battle for championships these days because we're pretty locked in on the fact that they're likely not going to win. 
So I don't know if they would go that route. But yeah, very interesting to see what could potentially happen leading into WrestleMania. And I'll tell you this, with Elimination Chamber happening so soon after the Royal Rumble, it's really giving a lot of time between the Chamber and WrestleMania for all sorts of things to be upset in the Apple cart. Monday Night Raw being a three-hour presentation is normally long and tough to deal with, but with Triple H at the helm, there's always so many moving parts that it's not feeling like three hours anymore, which is a good thing. So shout out to Triple H, shout out to Creative, shout out to all things WWE. With that said, let's talk a little bit about a big announcement that came yesterday from WWE. As we're talking about these premium live events, it has been announced that SummerSlam will emanate for the first time ever from Ford Field in Detroit, Michigan. Now, if you remember, Ford Field was the home for WrestleMania 23 in 2007, which was the 20-year anniversary of WrestleMania 3, which of course happened in the Pontiac Silverdome. That building is no longer standing, by the way, but that was in the Detroit area of Pontiac, Michigan. So this is very interesting on a lot of fronts. Ford Field can hold up to 80,000 people. That's certainly what they got during WrestleMania. And based on what we've seen throughout the last year, SummerSlam has potential to be very, very big. This could be the biggest domestic SummerSlam of all time. And I say domestic because right now, the biggest SummerSlam of all time goes to what happened over at Wembley Stadium back in 1992 when it was headlined by the British Bulldog versus Bret the Hitman Hart for the Intercontinental Championship. I think WWE would have no problem going after that record, squeezing a few more people in there, fixing production in such a way where you could beat that 80,355 number. I'll be interested to see if indeed they go that route, but certainly very interesting space. Would you want to go to SummerSlam in Detroit? Obviously, let us know, certainly, on our socials. So let's get into all things NXT from last night, and we'll do that when we come back. This is Caprice Coleman, and you're listening to The Faction on Bonafide Radio. That's right, the man with the style, the grace, the shape, and the face. Support Bonafide Radio, The Faction. Keep it on, baby. I've known Dylan since he was 15. I've known what a crazy fanatic he's been. He never just went and played. So what are you doing? Well, you know, I gotta plan the show first. He wants to be the guy shaping. Dylan used to run shows back in his hometown and ever since he moved to Atlanta, I know that he's been really wanting to start his own company here. I had that fear of not being what's interesting in Atlanta. I said, I'm going to start my own wrestling promotion. You need to get in a room with this guy. Because at the end of the day, wrestling had grown stale in Georgia. I'm like, dude, this guy's ruffling everybody's feathers. Dylan learned that I'm impatient, and I announced that we were going to start a promotion 90 days later. And I knew that I had no content. But then I started to see all the things that he was doing. It was starting to look really professional. Gary had stirred up so much shit. We were gonna be the laughing stock of the entire city if we didn't deliver. Perceptions, reality. How do we get on Sons of Honor? What was the process of them walking over there like, I'm gonna do that? I thought, honestly, he was dead. You hear his brain swelling. I literally thought Southern Honor was probably done. You always told me, if you don't like an idea, come up with a better idea. You're telling me you won't listen to the idea? And we're gonna pack one! 
I couldn't wait for an answer from Chris. We weren't sure. No confirmation. Hey, is taking. How about that? Oh. The lights are going out here. The first indie show I've ever done in 23 years was with Southern Honor, and now everyone's talking about this company. Nothing bigger than that's ever gonna happen here. A few minutes later, it was extremely hard to maintain relationships because I was working with Gary. I don't know that they would go to war for me. They would go to war for Dylan. Finally, this year's going to be mine. COVID. I can honestly say my last match will be here just because Southern Honor is that special to me. So many things that have happened in my life that you could write on paper and it would read as a book. And Southern Honor is just another chapter. As long as there's a win. There's a you, there will always be the S-H-W. This is the Stroke Daddy Ricky Starks, and you know I only do it one way, and that's big. You're not listening to The Faction. All right, lots of big moments from NXT last night, including, of course, an amazing match between J.D. McDonough and the man that many consider the number one contender for the NXT championship. That, of course, is Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes is special. What he and Trick Williams are doing right now is special. I'm excited to see where this is going to go. And to me, this only ends one way with Carmelo Hayes becoming the NXT champion, and then Braun Breaker can move to Raw or SmackDown. I really see him more so on Raw, and I see, you know, intriguing things happening for Braun Breaker, maybe even a U.S. title run that might be in the cards. But in terms of NXT, NXT is really on its grind right now, and they're really developing, once again, the kind of culture and product that made NXT a viable third brand. You see things like Grayson Waller, who now has attacked Shawn Michaels verbally and was suspended for a week. The question now is, what happens to Grayson Waller? Is this something that ultimately gets him either pushed up the card even further on NXT? I mean, how much bigger do you get than being in the title picture? Or does this move him to perhaps Raw or SmackDown at some point? I'm imagining that he's going to have a marquee match at Stand and Deliver that could prove to be his swan song. I think that there's about to be not necessarily a facelift in NXT, but I think we're moving to a space where some of the folks who were birthed in the NXT 2.0 era are now really ready to head to Raw and SmackDown. And I think Grayson Waller and Braun Breaker are among them. Now, Carmelo Hayes is more than ready, but I think Carmelo deserves the opportunity to run this brand. And I think he's going to get that opportunity at Stand and Deliver. Now, one of the other things I love seeing in NXT and in wrestling in general is the creation of new stars, and I like seeing it as it is happening. So I want to mention a name to you that if you're not paying attention to, you need to be paying attention to, and her name is Sol Ruka. Now, of course, she had that amazing viral moment a few weeks ago from NXT Level Up with this front flip cutter off of the second rope. Like, it's hard to describe it. You have to see it to believe it. And it just feels like the momentum is building as we are watching her become a real star. 
Now, watching her creates an interesting conversation because most times we are accustomed to people becoming stars in WWE that have been stars elsewhere. It has been a long, long time. Well, let me redefine long, long time because I think Bianca Belair will certainly fall into this category of people who have come to the WWE Performance Center with little to no pro wrestling experience. Bianca is one of them. So Ruka is another one. She is a product of the WWE NIL that is next in line program where they are recruiting specifically from colleges and universities and so I think they struck gold with her as she was a college gymnast and she is putting all of that to good use I'm just so impressed with what I see by her and see from her and certainly it seems as though there is a great great run headed for Sol Ruka now then Let's talk about the moment that ended NXT last night. You had Bailey bringing on Ding Dong Hello for NXT, and then it ended ultimately in the breakup of Toxic Attraction. So here's what's interesting to me. I always felt like Toxic Attraction, certainly the team of JC Jane and Gigi Dolan, were great as a tag team. They were, of course, the three-time NXT Women's Tag Team Champions. I felt like they could have had a run as the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions. But we forget that they were successful solo wrestlers before they got to WWE, particularly Gigi Dolan, formerly known as Priscilla Kelly, had really been making a lot of waves on the independent circuit. So this breakup is interesting, and I really feel like it was precipitated by the departure of Mandy Rose. Mandy Rose being the leader of Toxic Attraction, leaving, and the question is, what happens to these two? Well, obviously, they're strong enough to roll on their own. I really feel like we've been seeing the rise of the star of J.C. Jane. I don't think we've got a Shawn Michaels, Marty Jannetty scenario here, though... The way the breakup happened was very much like the rockers on the barbershop. The super kick was perfect from J.C. Jane. Felt very Shawn Michaels-esque. Makes even more sense since Shawn Michaels is running NXT. It was just a beautifully nostalgic moment that has not been redone very often. Even, you know, J.C. Jane throwing Gigi Dolan into the door, much like Shawn Michaels threw Marty Jannetty into the window of the barber shop. It was just, it was great. And this is what I'm saying. WWE everywhere is hitting on all cylinders. NXT is thriving. Raw and SmackDown are hitting. I mean, like all of it is just really great. And I'm actually very, very happy to see this. And I'll tell you why. It has been for years very, very popular amongst the Internet wrestling community to really kind of, you know, be very, very hard and dismissive of the WWE for so many reasons. Now, I'm going to just admit that the WWE product wasn't always our favorite product, but they always have served, certainly for the last 20 years, probably even longer than that, as the leaders in the world of pro wrestling in terms of exposure, in terms of finances, and even in terms of depth of roster. And so now we have depth of stories being told, a lot of stories and a lot of stories being told well gives place to a lot of wrestlers being able to work. And that 
is always a massive win. So I'm loving what's happening here with WWE and the opportunities that they are now able to give to so many people as a result of these great stories being told. Now then, let's have a conversation about AEW because Obviously, for all of the momentum that's happening in WWE, there is far less happening in AEW. But AEW made an announcement that I think could be game-changing for their organization. And that is this. AEW has announced the launch of what they're calling AEW House Rules. In other words, they are house shows that they're having. AEW, since its inception, has only run shows on television. And one of the hard things about that is house shows, which are live event shows that are not recorded on camera, give people the opportunity to, number one, see their favorite superstars. But then on top of that, it gives the wrestlers the opportunities to get what we call more reps, more opportunities to perfect your craft. And the reality of it is this. When it comes to pro wrestling or anything else, for as often as you study and as much as you study, you only get better by doing. That's why in science class, you know, they would have the period for lecture and then the period for lab. And it was lab where you actually got to put these things into action. And that's where you ended up really, really learning what was going on. So a lot of the wrestlers that are in AEW, you know, you have folks that are not as experienced. They need to learn the beauty of working in front of a crowd that's not necessarily on TV. They will learn skills and talents that will in turn allow them to be able to be better inside of the ring. So just think about it. Most of these folks, if they end up on camera, and I say if because everyone who's on the roster in AEW is not on television every week, they're only wrestling once a week, those who are on television. Those who aren't may have the benefit in some cases of independent shows, but that's certainly not every day, and that may not be every week. So this is a great opportunity for the folks in AEW. The first House Rules show, which is what they're calling it, will take place on Saturday, March the 18th in Troy, Ohio at the Hobart Arena. It will feature John Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Dr. Britt Baker, Darby Allen, Orange Cassidy, and more. In addition to these non-televised events, there will be more immersive experiences for fans, including customized merchandise and unique ways to engage with featured talent. So this is again good because it creates connection between the fans and these wrestlers. Again, anytime you get to meet somebody in a more intimate setting, it makes you more of a fan of their product. So AEW has a real opportunity here, and I hope that they're able to do house shows well, and I hope people will actually go out and attend because the truth of it is there's not going to be a Dynamite or Rampage taping in certain markets every year. So when they do come to your town, it's actually great. And I'll say this, even WWE shows, house shows are special because sometimes title changes will happen, but more times you will get to see people in their element. You'll get to see people willing to try new things. And those are always 
great, great moment. So congratulations to AEW. Again, their first house show happening on March the 18th. Before we get out of here, we want to send certainly our thoughts and prayers to Jerry the King Lawler, the WWE Hall of Famer. Reportedly had a stroke this week, which is downright scary. And so Jim Ross has tweeted that he did speak with Jerry Lawler late last night. And he said that Jerry's obviously weak, but, quote, I could understand his affected speech. Jerry's prognosis is positive, but he needs all of our thoughts and prayers. So it is believed that Jerry Lawler suffered a stroke at his Florida home on Monday where he was rushed to the hospital and he underwent surgery. Now, of course, we remember a very scary incident that happened with Jerry the King Lawler almost a decade ago where Jerry the King Lawler seemingly died on national television where he had a heart attack he was rushed out of the commentary booth and things were very very scary for him it was believed that he had indeed passed away but he was brought back to life jerry the king lawler is 73 years old he actually still actively wrestles if you can believe it or not this particular incident is very scary and so we're just hoping for a speedy and full recovery for jerry the king lawler all right well before we get out of here a couple of reminders for one AEW Dynamite goes down tonight. It'll be interesting to see the latest updates there as we are on the road to AEW Revolution. If you are or interested in being in the Atlanta area, we've got Southern Honor Wrestling happening this Friday night. SHW 48 should be an absolutely incredible card. And if you've not seen it, I've had an opportunity to conduct a special interview with Owen Knight and Nogicism, they are two competitors involved currently in a best of seven series. Nogicism is up three matches to two. Match six is this Friday at Southern Honor Wrestling. You'll want to check out my interview, which is on Southern Honor's social media pages. I may add it to our stories here on the Faction Show so you guys can check that out. Of course, you've got many places you can check me out as well, including, of course, WWT Live every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, 6 p.m. Eastern. We are live on the Women's Wrestling Talk YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter channels, so definitely check it out. Shout out to my guy, Ron L. Tinsley, my cousin, who is a big fan of us here at The Faction, who is always supporting WWT Live, and to many others of you who are doing that as well. Got to shout you guys out also. Also remember, you can check out our merch, which is available at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied, where you can grab the merch for Bet On You and Five Seconds of Courage. Both of those are mantras that I have literally lived that got me into the world of pro wrestling, and I think they will help propel you into the next phase of your purpose and your life. So check out those shirts now at ProWrestlingTees.com slash Bonnerfied. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Have an absolutely amazing day, family. And representing for my good brothers, Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the fourth horseman, John Murray, I am Gerard Bonner. And this is The Faction. I my people, here we go.